From Phoenix to London. From L.A. to around the world. This is The Ticket. All sports, all the time, with your boys, former NFL Philadelphia Eagle, Ray Ellis, and Fan Man. Your number one fan-oriented sports talk leader, Voice America Sports. Work it, make it, do it. Makes us harder, better, faster, stronger. That, 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 that don't kill me. It's another week. That means uh, I'm stronger this week. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Fan man. Fan man, I now know why I moved to Arizona. And why is that? It is like 85 degrees outside and there is no humidity and it is absolutely beautiful. And that's why I moved to Laguna Beach because it's 78. Yeah, but you got all that smoke down there can you breathe yeah well yeah it's 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 not too good here the fires all over the uh the weekend uh but those poor people those houses burning down and you know they say now they're saying that the fire started with a catalytic converter converter from a car on the 91 which is a freeway in uh, in southern california okay i'm going to show you how much i know about cars is that a new car or an old car? Do you still have a well, catalytic converter on new cars? Have catalytic converters. Anyway, we, you know, I, that, that's another story. I just I want to say uh, I feel that really bad for those people at, where this happened. And it's only 30 minutes from where I live, so you could see the smoke, and it was pretty bad. No, I, I feel bad, too. I got family in Yorba Linda. Shout out to my family out there in Yorba Linda. Yeah, Yorba Linda. That's where Nixon, uh, President Nixon uh, started his uh, rampage. Peace, peace to Nixon, but I'm talking peace about my Nixon. family right okay. now. <laughs> You're talking about your family. Anyway, they, those people will get through, and... Uh, I'm pretty sure that the state of California will, will help them out. Well, listen, there's a lot of things going on. Listen, we're going to get tied up into some football. I just want everyone to know that normally at the start of the show, uh, the last few weeks we've had our good friends with us from Max Preps. Uh, Max Preps, of course, with Nike has had their five-day to Friday national tour. Uh, they're wrapping things up, as a matter of fact. So our good friend uh, Brady Wilkes will not be with us this week, but he's going to join us next week to kind of wrap things up. But, again, it all starts at the high school level. And at the high school level is where you actually learn how to play football and you learn the rules and all that. And, and, and you know, fam, man, we got some interesting conversation this week about learning the game and knowing the rules. Knowing the rules, yeah. And I guess you learn that stuff in high school or in college, but there's a lot of mistakes with these players. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, the players, the coaches, whomever, I tell you what, we're going to have a good friend of ours who's, who's going to join us because, you know, you know, one thing about it, when you want to have a conversation with players, you come here to Voice America Sports because I'm always going to be having a conversation with fan men, so you always got a player. But then we also want to reach out and we want to bring some other players. We want to bring some players who got some jewelry with us. So today we're going to have a good friend of ours stop by. Uh, Veron Hayes is going to stop by. He's going to speak with us a little bit because something happened in Philly when Cincinnati with the Eagles and the Bengals playing. And somebody didn't know the rules. And I'm not sure who should be at fault because I'm going to be honest. I played in a game that ended in a tie. Mm -hmm. I've also played in a couple, in at least one double overtime game, but that was in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you the first time I played an overtime game, I didn't know the rule was going to be, it's going to be one overtime. And if you don't score, that's it. That's it. Right. Yeah. Well, you know what? They're uh, in Philly. They're they're uh, blasting McNabb and they're blasting uh, Andy Reid for not knowing the rules of the game. And I I feel that the rules of the game should have been done on the field with the referee, and the referee should have informed them that the uh, the overtime was only one overtime. I mean, it's either it's it's one overtime, you win it, or you tie it, and that's it. Well, you know, and, and McNabb. I mean, McNabb should know the rules. He's been in the in the league for ten years. He's made, he makes a lot of money, and he should know these uh, these rules, especially when it comes to winning a game and you know the playoffs coming up. 
Well, I, I'm going to agree with you. Perhaps maybe, you know, he should know the rules. But, I mean, everybody doesn't know every rule. The guy, no, no, every, no, but I'm saying if he didn't know the rule, then he should have asked about the rule. He should have said, and, and, and Reed, of all people, and the coaches up in the box, should have said, hey, this is, uh, you know, we don't do overtime games. When was the last overtime game done in 2002 or 2001? Well, that, that's exactly right. And I'm going to say this to you. I bet you if you would have took a poll in the stands of the people before the game, if you took a poll in the stands with the people and asked them if the game goes at the end of regulation, if it's an overtime, how do you proceed with the game? If you took a poll between both teams and everybody in the stands, 50% of the people would have got it wrong. Uh, I, I would think 75% would have gotten it wrong um, because I thought myself as a fan, I thought it went to it went to uh, it went to the final. Whoever wins wins the game, and they have to if they have to go two overtimes, they do. I was totally wrong. Exactly. I, I, I mean, I, so I, you was the last time that you heard of a game that came on TV that there was you know there was a tie. I mean, you haven't you you it's been in 2002 was the last time it was a tie, and that was one game that ended up in a tie. Well, you know, last week when the Giants played the Eagles, Eli Manning knew the rules well enough to tell uh, the coach, Coughlin, to challenge the penalty called against him for, th uh, for throwing over the line of scrimmage. Remember, remember we talked about that last week? And yeah, Manning okay, knew the but, rule well listen, enough I, and that he was aware that his entire body had to be across the line for it to be a penalty. So they challenged it. They won it, of course, and the Giants got a touchdown in the game, and they ended up winning the game. No, no, I, I, I don't think, no, 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 that, that yeah. wasn't it. It was it, yeah. what it was. Yeah, is yeah, that Eli just didn't was, think, Eli did not think was he on. was across the line of scrimmage. It wasn't that he thought, oh, if only a piece of my foot remains behind the line, I'm okay. No, Eli didn't think he was across the line of scrimmage. Not that he knew the rule that if a piece of my foot is still behind the line, Wait a minute. I'm he okay. knew the rule, and he went to, no. went to challenge it, and they won the challenge, and that's how they won the game. And McNabb should have known, or Andy Reid should have known, or the referee. Somebody should have known. Somebody, when you, you, we spoke earlier about this. The captains go out on the field. They're going to flip the coin who gets the ball. The referee should have said, this is an overtime game. You got one shot. I mean, I, I, I would think the referees should know the rules of the game. That's what well, they, the referees know the rules of the game. That's why the game ended in a tie. The referees knew the rule, but it's also the referee's job. I mean, it, all you got to do, any sport you play in, when at the beginning of the game, you come to midfield, the referees go, they meet with the captains, they explain to them the rules of the game, how this game is going to be governed, That's what we're I just going said. to be the ones that do it. Yeah, but, 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 but I'm saying the referees did know the rules. They just probably did not explain it to the captains when they came out to the field. They probably did not say this is an overtime game. Mm -hmm. Either you have one mm -hmm. challenge or you have no challenge. Let me ask you this question. All this crap is being thrown at McNabb and Reed. Do you think that the Bengals knew that it was, uh, it was one overtime? Did they understand what the rule was, or is it just the Eagles being stupid? I told you, it's 50% of the people on the field probably didn't know what so the rule was. So you're saying both teams didn't know what the rule was? Yeah, there's a number of players out there that didn't know what the rule is. I mean, there's, there's many times that you can go into a game. There's certain situations. I mean, it's only been one overtime game since 2002. Yeah, right. That means okay. That, okay, so that means that there's been, what, six seasons. That's places. There are, that's, that's two lifespans of an NFL player. So there's some guys who've come in the league and gone, and a new set of guys have come in and they'll be gone and would never have been faced with what happens in an overtime well, game. Well, to tell you the truth, I wish I had my four hours back in my life on, that, on Sunday. Why do you want your? I was pissed. I was pissed. I, you know, it was like, what the, what the hell's going on here? You know. Okay, I mean, fan I mean, man. I, since you're a fan, I, let's, I, be I like let's, let, okay, let's be honest. Okay, let's be honest. 
Let's be honest. As a fan, you're sitting there watching the game. Did you think that after the first regulation of overtime that the game was over? Or you think they were going to play a second overtime? I thought overtime? they were going to the second overtime. I well, why the heck did you I know? I, mean, I, I, I don't know. I'm just a fan. I watch the game. I don't know every rule in the book. I don't know all this. But I, I well, thought how are you gonna for sure be that it was going to go to a second overtime and that, they, that somebody had to win that game. Well, how are you going to be upset with Donovan and Andy if, if they didn't know the well, rules? You know, you didn't I, know well, the... <laughs> they, they, they get paid the big bucks. They should know what the hell's going now, on. Now you said something. Pissed. Okay, there Everybody's you go. Everybody's mad. There Everybody's you go. running around crazy, and they should have won that game. And the bank, you know, to tell you the truth, and I am a homer, but the Eagles played a really sloppy game. They didn't use Westbrook. They only used him for 14 rushing, uh, 14 rushes, and they didn't use him what, how they should have used him. And then they get into this overtime mess, um, you know, and they blew that. And, and this team is not going anywhere. Well, the team's not going anywhere. But you said Reed something about money. Go. You I said something about money. You said something about money. They get paid the big bucks. Okay, and, and I, I've been telling you this for weeks now. From my perspective, the coach manages the team. The, the, the players execute the plan. I think that it was a problem with the manager. Not and who's knowing. the manager, right? The manager is Andy Reid. There you go. There's the blame. Andy Reid is the problem. Andy Reid is, you know, I think they need to make a change over there. I mean, he should have known the rule. Oh, and, you're calling and, for and Andy's they, job? They didn't, they, they, didn't, they didn't execute and win the game. And you're calling, so you're calling for Andy's job? I'm calling for Andy's job, and I think McNabb has a lot to do with it. And I think the referees who, 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 uh, who refereed the game should be uh, called into uh, court. Um, you know, I, I, you know and, and the fans, like you said, 50, 60, 70 percent of the people watching that game in, in the stadium didn't know what was going on with the overtime. Nobody understood it. And the players, now here they are, and they didn't understand it. So who's at fault here? Is it the management? Is it the referees? The NFL? Who is it? Well, I would say this. I would certainly say that, again, the referees have an obligation to inform the fans of how this game is going to proceed now that we're in overtime. Well, then you're blaming it on the referee. And I would, I would agree with you that the referees are responsible for this and that Andy Reid and the, and the management, which is the uh, offensive coordinator and the people that you know are managing the game, should have been well aware of what was going on. Now, I understand and I, I, that the, the television uh, personalities, the commentators and the play-by-play analysis, they knew what was going on. How come they knew what was going on and the team didn't? Well, wait a second. How do you know? Okay, so the play-by-play people, they knew what was going on. Okay, so what they must have did is they must have been informing those who were watching the game what was going on. I didn't get that game out here, so I didn't see that. But I would say to you, that's the reason why the, the uh, NFL has told the referees, the guy who's in charge, to put a microphone on and don't just communicate with the players, but enhance the experience of the audience by sharing with them what you just shared with this guy over here where you told him, okay, you guys committed that foul, so we're going to penalize that guy right there, and that's his number and all this. Right, okay, right. we're going to go into overtime, and, and we're going to go into overtime, and here's the way it's going to play out. He was supposed to share that with everybody in the stadium. If that would have happened, and I bet you that will happen next time, you will be sure that then everybody will be on the same page. But even if he didn't do that, Andy Reid should have known. He should have pulled the guys together and said, hey, guys, it's overtime. We've got 15 minutes here. Ball game's over with. I, I agree with you. The, the, the referee should have explained to the fans and to the television audience what was going on. I blame it on the referees, but I also put some of the blame onto Andy Reid and Donovan McNabb for not knowing this. And, and, and really, does it matter? The game ended in a tie, and Cincinnati missed the field goal with 10 seconds left in the overtime period. 
I mean, you know, so. Yeah, that matters. That, that matters for the Eagles because the Eagles are, are pretty much, you know, out of it. They, they are out of it. For the Bengals. They should have won that game. They, they, what are the Bengals, one and nine or something, one and eight? Well, the They only Bengals, played the Bengals three times in their entire history. Yeah, but the Cincinnati Bengals, they needed, I mean, a tie. Now, nah, you know, they say they asked, like, kissing I know, sister or I, I never kissed I my sister, so, you know, on her cheek. But, you know, but so what? But listen, no, it's not like kissing your sister. You lost a football game. You're <laughs> not going to make it. Your season's over with. embarrassment. Yeah, he, he, the, the season's over with, you know. Coach is out of there. You know, Ucho Cinco, come on, Chad. Come on, man. You know, you're, you're, you're like the commercial. You know, you're still the ding-dong, Chad. What's happening, man? Come on, play some ball. You know, if you want to get out of Cincinnati, you want to go to another team, show them that you're worth some money. Show them that, hey, pay me. I play, pay me. Show That's them what Anquan Bolden did. He's playing. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America <laughs> Network with the number one co-host in the world. Man, man. We're finished living like it matters. We'll be right back after this mess. Just trying to make me go to rehab. I won't go. Now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. I'm Ed Hanway, Chairman and CEO of Cigna Corporation. In America today, one in eight babies is born prematurely, and more newborns die from premature birth than any other cause. Solutions are within our grasp. Together with the March of Dimes, we can find the causes of premature birth. It's time for us to do more to help moms have healthy, full-term babies. Join the March of Dimes and moms across America. Sign the petition for preemies at marchofdimes.com petition. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports yeah we're back you're listening to rail of sports on the voice america network with the number one co-host in the world that's fan man of course and i guess fan man's here with me Fan man. All righty, fan man. That's a little delayed reaction. Because the delayed reaction with the engineers in San Diego. 
<laughs> anyway. Hey, that's all right. Listen, no, uh, moving no, on on forward to the Steelers Chargers thing, if, if that's where we're going, or we do we have a special guest on the line? Yeah, we do have a, a, a special guest. He is yet to uh, log on, but I believe Veron just joined us. So uh, I think we're going to talk a little bit about that. Hey, Veron, you there, man? I'm here. I'm here. How you guys doing? Hey, all Veron, right, hey, man. man. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Good. Hanging in there, dude. Hey, Veron, fan man is a real fan, so he will say anything, man. So I just want to apologize ahead of time for him, man, because he just ah. likes to take players to the task. And you know they do that to us. The fans do that. They're in the stands. They pay their money. They want to enjoy the game. They think we should know all the rules. And I'm glad that my man Veron called today because, again, all of you should know, you know, my man's got that Super Bowl jewelry. Veron played for the Pittsburgh Steelers for about six years. And, and Veron, if I'm not mistaken, you played in overtime game didn't you i did i did i had uh and uh let me let's set the record straight before i played in that game i did not know that i did not know about the overtime <laughs> procedure <laughs> thank so you that thank is that you. is something that uh i guess the league has to make more clear at the beginning of the season especially to to, to the younger guys um hey, hey, who, Ron, who, who hey, doesn't have the experience hey, hey Ron, hey let, let, let's let's say okay you didn't know and most players would know most fans i didn't know and i've been watching football for a hell of a long time and you don't see too many overtime games i think that the referee don't you now you, you can either agree or disagree don't you think the referee when he went on the field they did the to, uh, you know the, uh, the uh, coin toss they had the captains of both teams on the field you know blah 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 and then you, don't you think that the referee should have explained to the fans in the stadium and the, a national television audience what the hell was going on? Absolutely, absolutely. So I'm not blaming McNabb. I'm not blaming McNabb, but I think McNabb, with the amount of money he makes, and and he's been in the league for ten years, and Andy Reid of all people, and the management of the Eagles should have had some idea what the hell was going on. I definitely, I definitely will point a finger at Coach Reid because I mean, I mean he's been in this for 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 a while. I mean, okay, granted the player might not know, but being a head coach, come on. Yeah, I think the head coach, which is the manager of the team, as Ray puts it, uh, the manager should know what the hell is going on. And told McNabb and said to McNabb and to the offense and to the defense, hey, you got one shot here, win this game. Hey, Ron, I mean, it's only want, your job, right? That's exactly right. Ron, I, I want to ask you a question. Now, how did the game end when you guys – did it end in, in that overtime and you guys ended up with a tie? Absolutely. We ended in an uh, overtime tie the last – the last one before this weekend uh, that uh, the National Football League has seen, and uh, actually we, we we went into the the fourth quarter and we were up by 14, uh, 14 points. And Michael Vick at the time was young in his career, and he single handedly dismantled us in that fourth quarter, and uh, we ended up with a tie at the, at the end of uh, that overtime. So in the locker room, uh, and we have a guy from Philly that we're going to take his call in a second here. In the locker room, were there questions asked by the reporters, and did you feel dumbfounded not knowing, hey, did this game was going to end in a tie? Was it, was that, how, how, what was the atmosphere in, in the locker it was, room? It was shocking. It was shocking. I don't think half, half the players knew that it could be such a thing. Because before, uh, before us, it was it was years. I, I think it was like twenty five years since the last tie had happened. So no one was in the league. No one who was playing was in the league at the time. So it, it, it was definitely shocking. And that's what I said, fam. And see, you know, you go generations and generations before you ever faced 
with that issue again. So some guys don't know that. Uh, we, we've got Jeff, who is our East Coast correspondent, uh, with us, uh, Veron. So uh, I'm going to welcome Jeff on. And uh, Jeff, we got also with us as a special guest, uh, former Pittsburgh Steelers running back, uh, Veron Hayes is with us. Uh, Jeff, maybe you can give us some insight of what's happening there in Philly, and are they really calling for Andy Reid's job? Oh, they are. They're calling for everybody's <laughs> job right now. Oh, really? Hey, Jeff, how bad is it there? You know how crazy those fans are. Yeah, it's pretty much um, reached a level where I think most of the fans are ready to move on. You have a camp who believes that they need to move on. They need to move to Kevin Cobb now and, and that Reid can stay. There's a camp who believes that Andy Reid needs to go and that Reid is responsible for Donovan's bad play. And then there's a, a pretty big camp that thinks that both of those guys need to go. Time to turn the page and kind of start fresh with a new coach and a new QB. Hey, Veron, when you were there in Pittsburgh, of course, that, I, I'm thinking that was uh, Bulldog Bill who was the, the coach at that time. Were they trying to run Bill out of the town because he didn't know, or maybe Bill knew the situation? No, well, the, 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 they don't run coaches out of uh, out of Pittsburgh, they do a good job of keeping the coaches. Uh, so, uh, right. The credit, the, the credit to uh, the, the Rooney families and their job of, uh, of, of of picking coaches. They they're around for a pretty long time, and uh, you know that Bill did know the situation surprisingly, and it was just the players weren't aware of it. But even if you play the game to win, period. Exactly. Period. At the end of overtime, you uh, in, 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 in overtime you play to win. It just so happened that it, 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 we we ended on the tie. You know, hey, and uh, I, I I honestly I put the blame on uh, Coach Reed. Hey Jeff, I mean, I'm, it's his I, job to get the players not uh, up to speed on it. Right, and Jeff, so let me ask you something. As a player, you know, one thing about overtime to me, if if I'm on the field, I always feel that you play with a sense of urgency and it's everything is like the two-minute drill, you know. So you're yeah. playing, you know, defensively, you know, they're trying to score, so you're trying to stop them. And offensively, you're trying to just get a field goal. Did right. you feel when the game was going on or, or, as, or as it's being re, re, reported, mm -hmm. was there a conservative effort in terms of how they were trying to move the ball or were they moving no. with a sense of urgency? No, not whatsoever. I think the problem with people re are reading, and I, I think it's bad that Donovan didn't know the rules, but people are reading a little bit too much into it. I don't think it's reflective of how they were playing in the overtime because although they were uncertain if there was going to be an, uh, you know, another period or not, they definitely knew that the first person that scores wins. So they were, still, they were in the two-minute office. They were trying to score. They were doing everything they could. It just was not – I don't think any of them – felt that, ah, uh, that's all right. We don't have to score in this drive. We'll have the next quarter. Or the well, quarter hey, 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 Jeff, that's the way it looked to me. Well, I mean, it looked, honestly, if, I mean, if you watched the game, it looked pretty bad from opening kickoff to the last. I did watch the game. I, I was bored of the game. It was like you're, you're losing to this team, the Bengals? Exactly. I mean, you, so and you're what talking about What I'm saying is they well, were credit to the Bengals. Credit to the Bengals. They get paid too, man. I mean, yeah, yeah, I know they get paid, Ron. I know they get paid, but uh, the bottom line is they're one and eight, and the Eagles yeah, I mean, are supposed to be going to uh, playoff. Yeah. Uh, well, huh? I'm not going to take anything away from the Bengals. I give them credit too, but I mean, they were at home and they forced four turnovers and 
came up with one touchdown. I, I mean, you, you can't tell me that the, the Cincinnati was just that impressive. They were they were pretty awful. Actually, you think you, you think the Eagles basically said, oh, "This is a, a a bad team. We'll just go in there and just um, you know do our no, thing." No, fan man, I want to answer that question flat out. No, you don't. You never. Well, approach what do you a football mean? Game. You, the way they play. you never approach a football game like that. You know, it's interesting. I'm just I'm talking to my 15 year old son the other day, and I was talking to him about something, and I was talking to him about motivation, and and he was telling me how no dad that doesn't motivate me, and I said, well. Son, let me just say this to you anyway. It is not my job to motivate you. It is my job to teach you. I will educate you so you will know how to play the game of football. But the motivation comes from inside your heart. Well, you if know, you Jeff don't just play said that it from game, opening kickoff to the end of the game, it, it, they, they just weren't into it at all. I watched the game. And, yes, I mean, and, they, were, they were all that, but I, and, you know, and I, don't I think know that goes to, <laughs> and that gets credit again to Andy Reid. It's his job to get the players ready and the week in and week out. The players are going to play regardless, but the way that they approach it, that's what the head coach gets, gets paid to do. You know, they passed the ball 58 times against a team that had a lot of trouble stopping the run. They were never down by more than a touchdown, so it's not like they needed to throw the ball and get the ball in the air. I just, you know, Ron says it goes back to the, 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 the coach, and it really, in this case, looks like it does. I mean, they, it just looks like they kept trying to force-feed something that wasn't there. And then well, I just don't know how you don't give it to your all-pro running back more than four Well, times that's what I was saying, half. Jeff, that Westbrook, they, they only, uh, Westbrook rushed, uh, what, 14 times mm-hmm. yeah. in the entire game? Yeah. I mean, Westbrook is one of the, the best running back or in the top three running backs in the NFL, and there he is. They're not using him and not doing anything with him? Well, exactly. I would say this, guys. You know, like, like they say, you can't change the stripes. So if you look at Andy Reid, Andy Reid has, has built his life of success that he's had. It's really been his passing game. I mean, even to factor in uh, Westbrook in there, he opens it up with Westbrook as a passing threat as well. You know, I think one of the things that, you know, you're looking at the past few games, and we've seen some of this again, is not having the big bruising running backs or the backs that you can really pound and let them, you know, handle the rock 30 times a game it's going to eventually catch up with you, you know, 25, you know, carries a game, you know, something in that nature. But to just totally get away from the running game, I, I just don't think you're going to – you can't win in the NFL if you just decide, I'm going to get away from my running game and I'm just going to pass the ball. That's never going to work in the National Football League. It never has. Never okay, let's, has. Change, let's change the subject a little bit and go to the Steelers game and the Chargers with that mess at the end. Well, let me let me say this. Now, I'm glad you led into that, fam, man, because that's one another thing I wanted to talk to Veron in particular about. Because it's going to go back to again to knowing the rules. Now, there's everybody has to know the rules of the game. The referees uh, sometimes they get it wrong because again, it's the naked eye. But the rules and Veron, I'm going to let you talk about this a little bit because you brought up something to my attention that yeah, other people think about it many times, but. They say it in a different way of how the players look at it in terms of performance. But you felt as if, you know, Palomar could have, you know, been granted something in his contract, but he lost it because of the fact that the referee made the wrong call. You want to talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. I mean, a lot of people see it as just, okay, it's just marginal, you know, and it's minute. But in the big scheme of things, who's looking at it as, hey, Troy could have had uh, some incentives in his contract that, if he makes X amount of plays, if, 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 he, if he creates so many turnovers, you don't know what is to speak. All right, we go down the line, and, you know, he's having a pretty good, uh, he's having a pretty good year, and he might, you know, it's almost, it's almost certain that he will probably get into the Pro Bowl, but suppose that 
is 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 is, is comes back to haunt him. Suppose you know his 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 consent his consecutive consecutive years of going to the Pro Bowl. You know, let's take it a step further. In the, um, he 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 goes on to have a tremendous career and 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 he's a Hall of Famer. Now that little minute, obsolete little 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 uh, game altering decision changes everything and, and, and actually hiccups his, 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 his consecutive years of going into the Pro Bowl. Who knows? There's a bunch of factors that goes into this stuff besides just making a bad call, yeah, you know, I, blowing a bad call. Yeah, and I think, see, you know, when you're going to call for, you know, the head coach's job because he didn't know the rules, you know, the referees, again, this was a case in a point where it wasn't a mistake of judgment and I didn't have a good view of it. They made a mistake on, you know, calling a play a touchdown, you know, and that's just something that, you know, again, I think they just, they should know the rules. They have an opportunity to get together and, and change it to make I the mean, right call. I mean, they're in there. They're in there. And, and, and again, Andy Reeves is the brain for the stuff in, in, in Philly, but the refs are too. And the refs, they, 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 they emphasize all these rule changes every year in and year out but yes. how about the players who didn't know the rules prior to coming into this year there you they, go um, from, that, that's a point you, know? you got a point there Brian. but listen we got music we got to take a break i'm sorry about that you're listening to rail of sports on the voice america network with the number one co-host in the world man man we'll be right back after this mess the fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Jack, he'll get you right back to your health. Jack presents Jack, Jack LaLanne Lane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. Each week, Jack is joined by Elaine LaLanne and his nephew, bodybuilder, kinesiologist, and personal trainer, Chris LaLanne, to answer your questions and help you overcome your fitness roadblocks. That's three times the diet and fitness know-how. Three times the entertainment. Tune in every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific to Jack LaLanne Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they 
they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. And Baran was making some uh, excellent points here about new guys, young guys coming into the league and perhaps maybe not knowing the rules. And we, we're going to get back because we got a caller from Philly who had dropped, but now he's back. And I'm sure he wants to make a point. Uh, Keith from Philly. Keith, you got a point you want to make with us on the show? Yeah, Ray. I want to know a couple of things. I mean, uh, you're a veteran player. I mean, you played in the league. When a team gets into a game like the Eagles did, uh, two things. Like one, the veterans on the team, I believe, they should know the rules, and they should be like in somebody's face saying, "Hey, you know, this is what's going on." And B, when they played as poorly as they were played on Sunday, there's got to be a sense of urgency from the veterans to to win, to get things going, to get things motivated. And I didn't see any of that. And here in Philly, everybody's like hollering for Andy. But it's not just Andy. It's like the whole team. The whole team let themselves down. Well, Keith, I'm just going to say this, and and, and I'm going to ask Verona to also make some comments on it, too. Now, I'm feeling like this. Regardless of, you know, if I know the rules or not, I'm an emotional player, and I always play the game with emotion. So I'm trying to get my teammates fired up. I'm trying to get somebody, you know, pumped up. And, and if everybody's into the game and know that, like you said, there, there is a sense of urgency for this team. Because I think if this team does not win this year, the team is going to be broken up. I, I think Brian Dawkins is probably out there. Maybe Donovan's going to Chicago where some people think he wants to go. You know, Andy may be gone or not. You know, you know some people in the secondary may be gone. So this is not going to be the Eagles team that we've known. So as in terms of a sense of urgency nobody else and famine you said something else about this earlier about some of the players you know brian dawkins if anybody maybe he knew the rule and stepped up but you know veron let me ask you do you also think that there should have been a sense of urgency and, and just the emotional impact of the players are being fired up uh well, the intensity? The, the, again that goes back on the coach his job is to motivate. I mean, when I played under the, the, the Coach Coward, I mean, he would make you honestly feel like you could run through that brick wall every time we stepped out on it. And that's just that's how, how he coached. That's how he motivated us. That's everything. But here, here it is. I really think it's really the league has to do a better job of of, 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 of informing everybody on the rules. They, yeah, they'll, 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 they'll find somebody for, for being too rough with, uh, with a quarterback hitting them too. Yeah, but what about, what about inform, spending some money and uh, um, having the referees come and implement not only the new rules, but also inform them on the past rules that, 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 that has taken place? Because these kids don't know. Like you said, it's only one Dawkins was the only guy in the, in, in, in the whole locker room that knew the rule. Well, actually, the thing is there were more, and they've stepped up here in Philly and said that as the week has gone on, it's kind of gotten worse. Like right. Runyon, who's on offense, was in the huddle. He claims he knows the rule. Sheldon Brown knew the rule, who was on D, who should have been screaming and hollering if, to like, get somebody's attention. They're like, hey, this is not going to go on forever. Right. 
And well, Keith, so Keith, so Keith, and Keith, fan man. So, so what's but I got to I got to take. I, I have to take the sides of the uh, 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 of the players because we play. When we play, it's a passion out there, and we, and no one wants to lose. Believe me, every player on that team is competitive in some way. So it, it's got to come back down on the coach to motivate them to find it deep in their heart to to, to go out there and 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 and, and create the turnover or, or, or have success in the whatever offensive scheme that. You're doing. Hey, Veron, that's why you went to a Super Bowl. Well, you know what? And he said something. I'm going to ask Jeff this question. Can I just say one thing really quickly? Yeah, I want um, to ask your question. Please go ahead. The referee did tell both teams when they met before the overtime session that there is only one overtime session. So I think we're being a little harsh on the league here saying that they don't inform their kids. I mean, right before the overtime session, the referee looked at both teams, four players from each team, and explained to them the rules. I, don't, I think it's on the player at that point to listen to what the referee is saying. Hey, Jeff, and that's the point that I made. Now, here's what I'm saying. Let's go back to the investment that the league made into the speakerphone system, of which that referee normally turns on that microphone so that everybody in the stadium, as well as the players right there, can hear what he's saying. Did they do that? Uh, I don't know if it was on the speakerphone. It might have been. There was a lot on the speaker that day, Ray. Uh, I don't remember exactly. You know, exactly I don't remember that, that either. Um, I... I, I I don't remember that either. I mean, that's the that, that and again. I'm just saying that again. Mm-hmm. Everybody being focused on your job and what you're supposed to do and what you're supposed to know. He is supposed to click that microphone on and explain to everybody the way this works in overtime. Well, and see, if that was, right, right. I, I, I'm I'm going back to Veron. What he said. It's it's the players. The players. No, he said it, he didn't say it was the players. To the end he, of the game, fam man, fam man. He didn't say it's the players. He said it, it was the, the coach. Yes, but he, Veron said it was not. He was siding with the player. Right. Uh, yeah, I was siding with the, the game. I was the, the, the who has to find a sense of urgency. But it, again, it falls down on that coach. You know, you're in a situation, a desperate situation at that because you're in overtime. So you, you, you. I mean, we, we know we usually get it up on the sideline. You know, I know, and 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 and. and we know the determination, and you could look around each everybody's eyes and see whenever we were in that overtime game, we were trying to win. Right. And I, I think I think no player steps out there with their intentions to lose, but it, again, the coach has to do a better job. Hey, Keith, are you still yeah, with well, us? Well, the thing is, you know, it, you know, the gentleman from Pittsburgh is right in the sense. It's like the players do have to have a passion for the game, and when they've when they've played as literally as poorly as the Eagles did, and they have literally one more opportunity to to get it together, um, yeah, they have to look deep within themselves, absolutely. And some of them do and some of them don't. I mean, that's just the way it is here right now in Philly. That's the absolute bottom line. Yeah, some some people, are and some, some aren't. Some people are looking like if they're they're ready on, uh, in the off-season mode. Absolutely. They're looking like they're not, they, 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 they want to not get hurt. Yeah, hey. there's there's a faction here who's just going to run through the rest of the league schedule just to kind of get through it. Hey, you make an excellent point there, Veron. Again, uh, you know, we got Veron Hayes with us. Haynes, I'm sorry, Veron Haynes, former running back with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Jeff, let me ask you something. You're there. You're covering the guys. You see anybody you think, uh, or is the atmosphere kind of a you know, country club getting ready to go on vacation? The holiday season comes around in the NFL season. Let me just say this. For some young players, that is a very long season. It's almost two 
college seasons by the time you get to this point in the NFL season. And guys are starting to miss their families. People are getting together for the holidays. They want to pack their bags. You know, they got one foot out the door, one foot, you know, in, in their practice. Their heads are there. They're not. You know, what do you think about this this team now, Jeff? Are they focused on the fact that, hey, they could still, I mean, 10 and 6 can get you, 9 and 7 can get you into the playoffs. Yeah, it, it could. And I don't see, I haven't heard, it doesn't seem like there's a complacency or just being content with where they're at. They definitely thought that they were a Super Bowl contender going into the year. Um, they definitely felt as of even two or three weeks ago that they could have been a, you know, they could have had three or four more wins uh, if, if a few things had gone their way in a few games, which didn't. I, I, I just don't see it. I, honestly, I think it's in, it's, uh, we get a little bit too easy when we start saying, oh, you know, this team's looking at the postseason or the, the offseason already. They're, they're making their golf plan. I mean, I, I don't see that. I think it's, it's easy to say when a team is doing this poorly that, you know, their, their head isn't the right place. But I, I really don't think that they're looking toward the offseason. I think that they had every intention going into the game of winning and turning this thing around. They were coming off a game where they played the Giants. Pretty, I mean, they lost, but they played the number one team in the NFC East to a four-point game, five-point game. So I don't see it that way. Okay, but is it they possible just, that they yeah, used but, but, the part of like they were game. playing. Yeah, yeah. They showed like they were all out in that game. They played yeah, balls I mean, yeah, to the wall. Yeah, yeah I and think, I just didn't well, see can, that. I think, Ron, how can they play balls to the wall with the Giants, and then when they go into Cincinnati, they play like they did? Right. How does that work? And that's my question. Right. That's that's where I question uh, leaders. And the leaders have to do a step up. You know, and, and, and the character guys got to get, you know, uh, get, the year that we went to the Super Bowl, the same thing. We were, we had a five-game losing streak. And I, we just called her a team meeting, and, and, that, and, and, and within those walls, we evaluated each other. We evaluated ourselves. And after, after we stepped out of the thing, that's, I think that's, that's what changed. That was the change, changing point. We evaluated the coaches. The coaches evaluated us. You know, like, and some people were way off. They thought they were doing a hell of a job. And surprisingly <laughs> not, you weren't. And, 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 and everybody was accountable. And I think that's what needs to happen for, for, for them to get back in this playoff. Well, you, it's interesting you say that because I, I know that happened in, in Cleveland with the Cleveland Browns, and, and Jamal Lewis actually said, hey, man, you know, some of the guys on this team need to take a look at themselves in the mirror and, and, and realize the fact that, hey, you're not playing up to your ability. Uh, the leadership there in Philadelphia, obviously the person who they're calling for his head is one of the leaders of the team, Donovan McNabb. But, but again, I, I go back to Brian Dawkins, and, you know, you can be a, a wise old leader. Is Brian stepping up? Is, is Brian trying to, you know, kind of take some of this heat and, and, and move it away from Andy and, and put it on the team and say that the team has to accept the blame and the team has got to move forward? Uh, and I ask you that, uh, Jeff, to answer that question if you could. I'm sorry, I, I missed the which Brian? Did you say the Brian Dawkins. Dawkins? Brian Dawkins. I mean, Brian is, you know, Brian, the heart and soul of the yeah. Philadelphia Eagles team, even though yeah. he's an old warrior, you know, yeah. just yeah. like John Runyon, you know, Trey Thomas. These guys, they've got to step up and provide some leadership right now. Is it happening? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I see the passion, right? I mean, I see the desire and the want to do well. I, you know, the, Brian's the most forthright and forthcoming, honest guy in, in the in the on the team. And he comes out and says every week that, Losing burns him. It kills him. And I believe it because you see him. He, he, I mean, you know, the defense goes out there. They get eight sacks. 
<laughs> they do. They give up one touchdown. They, they they do what they should to win, and the offense goes and and you know pretty much stinks up the joint. What can Brian do in that situation? He is a rah rah guy on the on the sideline. He is trying to fire guys up. Uh, Hey, hey Jeff, saying, same I, man. Some of the, the thing is, they need the same thing on Owen. Right now, they don't have it. I, that's and that's a great point. You know, and there, there's a whole lot, of, a whole bunch of problems that you guys, I mean, that, that are with this team. Um, it passed 58 times. <laughs> I, I got to go back to that every single time. <laughs> yeah, that, hey, that you're right. right. Now, it's just here's the problem with the Eagles. I think, in a nutshell, is that unlike Tennessee, unlike New York, unlike good teams, the Eagles don't have something. They hang their hat on. They can't come out when they need one yard and say, let's power this ball and get one yard. They don't have an identity. They're confused. They pass. When, when they're not running well, they pass. When they're not passing well, they pass more. There is not one thing that you look at this team and say, this is what they do, this is what they're good at, and this is how they're going to beat you. Hey, Jeff, I'm sorry about that. We, we got music, guys. You, you know when we got that music. any one thing to now be a threat to almost any team in the league. Hey, Jeff, okay. some, uh, Jeff, um, Sam, man, on the blogs uh, around the, uh, you know, on the Internet, they're all yeah. saying that when Donovan starts to laugh after he, you know, he throws the ball, it's an interception or they just drop it, he just laughs and that's saying to the fans, screw you. Hey, hey, fan man, that's not what he's saying, but I am saying this. We got music. We got to take a break. Whenever you hear that music, we take a break. You listen to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one calls in the world. And we'll be back after this. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Take a look inside the country's fastest-growing professional sports organization. Join Robbie Kendall for Inside the ABA on the Voice America Sports Channel. The show will feature weekly interviews with the owners, players, coaches, and influential league executives. Tune in and be a part of the fastest-growing sports organization in the world. You can hear Inside the ABA every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move oh, on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. 
Everybody, everybody. Okay, all right. Listen, you're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Amen. And we were talking about identity theft there. Hey, for all you folks that are out there listening, in case you want to know, go out on the web and kind of search because there was some identity stolen from some former NFL players. And it's really an ugly thing that went down, but there was a lawsuit, and it was all about, I think it's Madden, if I'm not sure, if I'm not mistaken, uh, you know, some identities being kind of taken away from the players and, and cost them a lot of compensation, but they were awarded about $28 million out of California. But there's some real ugly things going on, and we just, you know, you know want them to do the right things, okay? So I just said that. I want to throw that out there. Go Google search and find out what I'm talking well, about. Retired know, like players say, in the lawsuit. I like to say one thing. Pac-Man Jones is coming back to the Dallas Cowboys. Well, you know, I'm not even going to talk about <laughs> Pac-Man Jones, you know, because uh, Pac-Man's had enough. I, I think everybody <laughs> deserves a, a chance. He deserves a fifth chance. But, you know, I think he, he, he needs uh, to get his act together. But I want to talk about some other things that's happening. And, and listen, there's some good football going on, and, and we're on the Eagles, and we haven't talked about the Cardinals yet. But the Arizona Cardinals, I told you, fan man, at least I told fan man, maybe I didn't tell uh, Veron, I don't need to tell him, he has a Super Bowl ring. But one thing about the Arizona Cardinals is they are learning how to win football games. And when they're close, uh, when they're in the fourth quarter, when they're in overtime, what always happens, you can go back and you can check the schedule and you can see a team that won the Super Bowl. They had some very close games, some games that could have gone either way. Absolutely. But the good teams start winning. They learn how to win those well, right, games. Right, 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 Ron. i got to say one thing. They have finally started to learn how to win since 1948. At the, regardless of how long it takes That's you. That's fabulous. <laughs> regardless of how long it takes you. you got, I mean, think about it. The That's Arizona Cardinals. Right. Right. Uh, wait, wait. I am a Tweety Bird. I don't call them the Tweety Birds anymore. I well, call let them me the, just say this Cardinals. to you. The Arizona Cardinals are not the only team that has not won a Super Bowl in, in the NFL. There are some other teams that have as well. Them, yeah. So, but but certainly they have started to win a game, and I, I'm going to throw my hat in the ringer right now. And it's you know you don't do that because the season's not over. But I'm thinking Kurt Warner, without a doubt, is the most valuable player you know in the NFL right now. And Jeff, you guys got to come out, and you got to well, they got to come there. You guys got to come out and play a good game against you know the hottest quarterback in the league right now. Do you think they're going to be able to bounce back this week? Uh, well, I'm sorry, it's next week when they actually play them. And, yes, on uh, Thanksgiving, and it's here in Philadelphia. Yes, yes, that's why I say you guys got to come out there and be prepared to go up against Kurt Warner. And you think you guys got the defense to stop Kurt Warner and this high-flying attack they got out here? Well, it certainly is an interesting matchup in that that you know, yeah, Kurt Warner is having an MVP season. He is still a little bit of a of a statue there, and the Eagles are one of the, I think the number one team in sacks. And Kurt has a propensity of fumbling when he gets sacked, although he's been a little bit better over the last five or six games about that. But there's no doubt he's in a great rhythm. He's getting good protection, and he's got two great wide receivers uh, that, you know, you know, the Eagles, in a sense, felt that they were built for a team like that when they brought in Asante to pair with Lito and, and Sheldon Brown and then, you know, improve their pass rush. So, uh, I mean, it would, be, it would be big for the Eagles. It's hard to see them beating anybody the way they're playing now, but that'll certainly be... I agree. I, I just hey, like hey, Ron, how do you feel about that game with the Cardinals? I, 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 I love the way that uh, Arizona's playing. I, I am... I am stoked. I mean, I had Ken Wisenhunt was my offensive coordinator. I was going to bring that up. Yeah, because you yeah, we went to the Super Bowl and from you know, and he he he's he he's picked the he's took on the identity, sort of like Coach Cow has that that tough nose the uh, um identity, and it's he's going to find a way. You know, that was one of the big things that makes it uh, a season 
successful or or just makes it marginal in the NFL. You know, how many games are decided within those two minutes, the last two minutes of the game? Uh, plenty, plenty, plenty. If you could do the research, and it's 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 the teams that are successful, they find a way to win. You know, and 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 and. I tip my hat off to Arizona and the job that they're doing out there in the desert. Uh, uh, you know, I, you know, I'm going to say one thing. I'm going to take my hat off to Coach Wisenhunt. I mean, he came into a mess in, in Arizona, and I was there for 20 years, and before that they lost for 20 years. And mm-hmm. and the bottom line is he came in and he took the team over, and he, he, and he kept the Bidwells out of it, and he's and I'm going to I'm – gonna, I'm gonna. This is my team, and I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make them a winner, and that's exactly what he's done. So absolutely, and even with the situation with the with with Anquan Bolden in in, in the off season, I, you, you don't hear about that. You, no, no, no more. You know, he he went out there and he played. He, he he got the team. You know, and and granted, that's what he gets paid to do. But that could have been a disruption in the locker room and 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 and, and on the field and anywhere. Hey, Ron, let me ask you a question because, you know, you're one of a couple other Super Bowl champions that we've had, you know, on the show. And I'd like to ask you if you can think about the year of which you won the Super Bowl. And I ask you that because I think the Arizona Cardinals, well, certainly they're going to be in the playoffs. And they could perhaps make a, a great run to the Super Bowl. What is it that was unique about your season, the Super Bowl year, that was different than the other seasons that happened that perhaps maybe we should look for and maybe see a, a, a glimmer of it in the Arizona Cardinals? What was that so special? What did you guys do during that season that made you think, you know, we got a real chance here? It, it wasn't one thing in particular. It was the team playing great football at the right time. It's what the Giants had last year. It's what it's it's what New England had in prior years. It's 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 being able to put right now. It's cool and early on in the season, you're going into the third quarter. We break the you know being a football player, you break it down into four quarters. You obviously sixteen games. Uh, this is going third. This is third quarter starting the third quarter and uh, in the middle of the third quarter. And you you have to. This is the time where you pick it up. The sense of urgency has to be there. You don't want to peak just yet, but you have to get prepared. You got to start playing, getting ready to start playing your best football, putting your best foot out there because the competition, obviously, going into the playoffs is going to get that much tougher. So, the time you hit the playoffs, you want to be clicking on all cylinders, and that's what I think we had that year. We had a great leadership throughout the year with Jerome. With 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 guys stepping up like uh like like Joey Porter, we we all throughout the locker room. You looked around and 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 you can just it was a sense of urgency. Even though we were losing, Deuce Deuce was there. Even though we were losing, we were we were we were still confident, and the team never did falter not one bit. But Coach Coward did a good job of of getting us ready week in and week out, and clicking on the right cylinder at the right time. I think that's the important key. Now, you, you, you mentioned the fact that, you know, there was a sense of urgency. You know, many times when players are, are playing, uh, are competing in a game, and you're having a very good game, you feel like you're in a zone. Do you feel like you're in a zone for a season? Not, not necessarily, unless you're, unless you're New England or Tennessee at this point, <laughs> right. you know, and they're winning every game, you know, uh, it's going to be peaks and valleys. You know, and, 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 and but you got to overcome them. Right. You got to overcome them. You got to find a way. And the Arizona, I mean, 
I'm tipping my hat to what they're doing over there in the desert in, in such a short period of time. Coach Coach Wisenhunt is doing a hell of a job, and uh, you know we're getting those players to buy into the system. And you just got to trust that you know and 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 have belief that you're going to find a way to win. And and he 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 he's definitely got a bunch of players sold on his on 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 on, on his regiment out there. You know what I like? I like the fact that Wisenhunt had a backup plan for everything. Uh, you know, we all know that in the preseason, Matt Leiner was supposedly the quarterback. Yep. But we saw the fact that Kurt Warner might be taking over that job, and, and he had faith in that Kurt can do it. But, you know, it, I think it was a big decision to take the ball out of Edger and James' hands and give it to yep. a rookie, Tim Hightower. And, and the same when Anquan Bolden went out, they, he had Steve Breston step in, and, you know, Larry Fitzgerald was just Larry Fitzgerald. And I think that those three, those three, ideas, those three things show that he, he went into the season knowing that if something didn't work out, he had plans that could come, you know, he had reinforcements. He had other ways to win. He, there's more than one way to skin his catherine. Hey, Jeff. That shows good coach. Appreciate that comment, Jeff. You know what? I got to get a backup plan. My backup plan is I'm going to extend this show a couple hours like Famine has told me I should. I've had a great time. I thank you all for joining me. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Man, man. We're in Phoenix living like it matters. And I hate to say this, but I'll see you next time, which will be the best time.